peace. This is Cheyenne Salah thanking you all for watching and listening to my new podcast. The door is now open to my brave new world. So sit back and relax and let me share with you a little bit of this thing I call life. <laughs> yeah, baby. Let's go. It's so fine. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? It's your guy. I'm back in the mix. Cheyenne Salah, yours truly, coming live from the Brave New World compound. Look, y'all know the drill when it comes to everything that I got going on centered around this podcast. This is not a regular podcast, taking nothing away from whoever's doing whatever amazing work that they're doing or substandard work that they're doing. Whatever your fix is in entertainment, I understand it. I got no judgment against it. But when it comes to me and mine, it's going to always have an authentic threat. It's going to have something that deals with the soul, something that uplifts the culture, deals with the culture, breaks things down, moves things forward. That's just the way it happens. This is the way I rose, the way I want to be able to create my outreach and have impact on the community. Nothing short of the least bit of this. Everybody that's been involved, that's been supporting, that's been uh, interested and that showed love over the years. I want to give you a big acknowledgement and a, and a major thank you. Uh, a lot of things don't happen without the unity of a team and crew. So I'm going to give a big shout out to my crew, all the guests that we had so far. The last guest, the beautiful, amazing queen, uh, Miss Keela Hall. She came into the room and, and stole the show and did her thing. And this week we got a phenomenal piece that I cannot wait to jump into. And look, Here's the deal. Y'all know the world is wild. It's been wild for a long time, particularly when it comes to America. If you want to deal in its truth. And you know, I got a little bit of an issue between the realm of honesty and truth, because you know a lot of honesty bleeds without fact, and it's a lot of perspective driven and it's opinion, and that's fine. But when you get into truth, you're dealing with context. You're dealing with science, you're dealing with fact, you're dealing with viability, you're dealing with elements of how things came to be, what happened, you're dealing with actual time frames. you're dealing with all these kinds of things combined, and it removes one's ability to be stuck in the opinion. So today, on this episode, I got one of the coldest truthists I've ever met in my life. My big brother, Dr. Carl Mack, is with us today, and we're going to be jumping into some serious segments. Those of you that do not know the good Dr. Carl Mack, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to leave it to you to do your own research. He already didn't talk. He don't like a lot of accolades. He don't like a lot of showers and blankets on his name because he's down in the trenches with the culture. And so I'm going to go ahead and make the segue move to where we can just get with our good brother, welcome him into the show. And I want y'all to welcome here to Cheyenne Salah's life, Dr. Carl Mack. <laughs> Bro, what's, what's up, big bro? 
Man, it's all fam. It's all good, man. Always cool in the game, especially when I'm hanging with you. So thank you so much. <laughs> hey, man, you look, you looking good. I see you set up. You know, I, I know you're over there on the East Coast and you move and shake a lot, man. What's get, Give the world a little bit of just general what you got going on in your life right now, man. How you feeling? No, man, I'm, I'm cool. I am so cool in the game, man. But, it, you know, I, I missed the Pacific Northwest uh, when I was there. I was uh, I served as president of the NAACP and I left that position in 05 to, to, to become the uh, executive director for the National Society of Black Engineers. And I stayed in that role uh, till about 2013. And then I, I retired November of 2013. And I just been a dad to my boys, man. That's what I've been doing. And, and uh, here the last year with COVID and all and the death of, of the murder of George Floyd, not just the death of him, but the murder of George Floyd. You know, I heard so much misinformation going out, uh, in particular around Juneteenth, and I know that's what we're going to get into today, um, that it just, it, it made me decide that I want to go back and, and, and do another one of the Black History calendars that I've done in the past. And so um, here's, here's the latest uh, version of it, Black Heritage Day 4. So I spent, uh, spent about a year you know, just going through, man, researching every day, pulling the facts out. And uh, again, because of this misrepresentation of Juneteenth, I really just got a lot deeper into a lot of different issues that, that normally I hadn't gone that deep into in quite, some, in quite a while. And so that's what I'm doing, man, just researching our history, being a, a daddy to my boys and, and looking forward this year to getting back out on the golf course, man, and just playing a little golf. Dr. Mack, one of the things, man, that I love to pause on for my audience is life you know this show was centered around yes of course we got passions we got purposes uh we got projects we got endeavors but at the same time we're living we're living our lives and, and, and whether that means in some cases we are sons and daughters or we are uh, mothers and fathers and we're brothers and sisters and cousins and you know we have that functionality that is going on in the midst of one of the most if not the most chaotic struggle of a people uh, ever known in the history of the world and in and, 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 um, and many respects. Um, the fact that someone like you, who has a life of your own, who obviously has things you care about, things you're passionate about, family and otherwise, what do you think is the, mo what is the motivation and the trigger uh, for you to continue to engage in the upliftment of, of the people? I mean, you know, it, you know, historically speaking, uh, the sister who, who best epitomizes the answer, I think, to all of us would be, you know, Sister Tubman. And I know I know folks hear a lot about her, but, you know, the one aspect of her life, man, that reigns supreme and it's timeless, you know, that's the thing about a classic, a classic transcends time. And the aspect of her life that so resonates with me is when that sister escaped, you know, from enslavement and gained her freedom, you know, many people ask, you know, Harriet, why would you go back and risk your life? Mm. You know, and paraphrasing, the sister said, look, I can't enjoy freedom when my people ain't free. So, so that's, that's what drives it, brother, man, is, you know, that constant fight, you know, to try to help us get free, not only physically, financially, but, you know, as importantly, intellectually, because, you know, part of, of what made the enslavement of our people uh, easy for them is they understood that if I can, you know, if I want to control the behind, I need to control your mind. So yes. part of what I want to do today is just unlock our minds about things. And, you know, that's the aspect about history that, that people place so much credence on. History helps you to think critically. You, know, you look at a situation today, you know, just like I said, 
you know, you looked at the murder of George Floyd on May 25th of 2020, <clears throat> all of a sudden these actions started taking place, you know, th this whole movement, let's do something to show black folks that we're sorry about, you know, even slavery. I tell you what, we'll just make Juneteenth a state paid holiday because that ended slavery. Well, I mean, if you understand history and you get the critical thinking of it, man, it, it just don't make no sense. So, mm. you know, again, we'll, we'll get into a little bit of that. Well, you know, that that's interesting because, you know, our culture in, in all of its beauty and all of its dynamics and all of its brilliance, and in some cases, in all of its ignorance, um, when you've been traumatized, mm -hmm. sometimes it's just easy. And you know this from a psychological standpoint, Man, just where's the quick fix? Where's the next little bit of food? Uh, where's the next blanket to stay warm? And I, I you know, I don't want to have to endure too much more reality. You know, I, I can only handle so much more truth. Why has it got to be so heavy? Why has it got to be so deep? Right. right. And a lot of times we don't get into the fabric of why that those factors are so important despite all the trauma and despite how hard it is to hear how hard it is to uncover even though you've already been fighting and moving you know when 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 you bring up this this issue with with Juneteenth and and I just say we go ahead and 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 lock into it because I know it's going to take us down a road um and 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 we'll flow through the process but that in and of itself is a heavy heavy situation maybe arguably one of the most undermined but most celebrated components of, of any notion of black liberation. But right. you you have in your critical thinking and your research, you've journeyed. And I've been blessed, uh, uh, Brother Palms, Pastor Palms was able to hook me up with one of your books, which I swear, but I think everybody needs to, and we'll make sure that this is embedded into the programming here, where to go get the book, what website to go through to, to order through. This every household needs to have one of these anyone interested in black history. Um, and I love that you framed it through calendaring this information because you got time frames and key spaces and places and moments and people where you can kind of chart the course here. But as it relates to Juneteenth and there is a segment um, in this I'm calling it the new black Bible black history Bible the new black almanac. Um, you have some potion in here, man. Mm -hmm. You got you you got some scientific stuff that's brewing, and you got some facts and figures that's brewing, and some historical data that I want you to go ahead and, and, and unlock for us, and and do so by letting us know, giving us some of the little bit of the current status with Juneteenth, and and why this thing is 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 such an issue that we need to start having discussion about. Yeah. All right, and, and so listen, I think one of the things if you ask most people who heard of Juneteenth or celebrate Juneteenth, most people, and this is where, where, where I draw issue with it, they're making a statement and I call it the misrepresentation of Juneteenth. They are saying Juneteenth ended slavery. And so what these folks in these states around the country, in these county governments, city governments around the country, what they're saying is, look, we wanna recognize America's original sin of slavery. And since Juneteenth was the end of slavery, we want to recognize it as a state holiday or city holiday, county holiday. If that's your intent and your intent is pure, I appreciate that. However, 
What has happened to us as a people? Because again, there were laws that made it illegal to teach black folks. And even today, you know, I know it's so easy to run back into yesterday and say it was illegal to teach black folks. It's legal to teach us now, but we're still being miseducated. Where mm. any of you sat down in your public schools or you, you watched the curriculum of your children and they're being taught who we are as a people and what our experience has been in this country as a people. So, so let me jump right into it, Brother Salam. And I, I want to share this screen with you. And, and can you see that, Brother Salam? Yes, I can. Okay. Uh, misrepresentation of Juneteenth. Absolutely. Now, this, this article was ran in Associated Press about what was done right there in the state of Washington in King County. And I want you to keep in mind for those people who may not be familiar with the state of Washington, King County is the only county in the nation named in honor of Dr. Martin Luther King. And in King County, Absolutely. a man who stood for all, a man who, who, whose life was taken while he was in Memphis fighting for lowly sanitation workers, as they want to put it. Yes. In that county, that municipality, that government said, look, according to the Associated Press, Juneteenth, the holiday commemorating the end of slavery in the United States. Now, were they, and not only did King County do it, but if you take a look at what I got here in the bottom, now you have a bill within the state of Washington, within the state of Washington, and I wanna show you what's in the state of Washington, okay? So you have a bill in the state of Washington right now, coming with the exact same uh, type of, 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 of information. So let me um, let me try to get to that. I thought I had that on lock right there, Brother Salam, but uh, I may be a little off. Yeah. So the, the the Associated Press has has ran an article about Washington's moves uh, going towards uh, celebrating this day um, effectively as uh, a state or federal holiday. Uh, if if I'm if I'm correct there, and, and so here we are. This is this is right now. We are live on the website of the state of Washington. Okay. So not only have we seen King County as a county do it, and as I told you, there are 46 other states who have done what the state of Washington is about to do. Now, of the 50 states in the United States, there aren't but three states that have not legalized Juneteenth as a holiday celebrating the end of slavery. And those three states are North Dakota, South Dakota, and Hawaii. Interesting. So, do, do, we, do we know why those three states have not jumped into the fray or is that just something in process? Yes, I imagine something in process, but I have no idea why they haven't done it. Okay. Um, and, and I want people to understand this about both you and I, my brother. Neither one of us are opposed to celebrate Juneteenth. Oh, absolutely. I want that to be absolutely clear. I'm not opposed to celebrating Juneteenth. What I'm opposed to is this language right here. See, this is in the state of Washington. See, this language right here. See, this is what bothers me. The legislature intends to designate Juneteenth as a state legal holiday to celebrate the end of chattel slavery. Now, so what they're telling you, what they're telling us is that on June 19th, 1865, when Gordon Granger rode into Galveston, Texas and freed those black folks in Texas, that was the end of slavery. 
But not only is the state of Washington doing it, brother, the, we are now on the website of the Congress of the United States. This is the Senate website. Can you read to me what that says, Brother Shalom? Yes, it says a joint resolution commemorating Juneteenth Independence Day, <laughs> June 19th, 1865, the day on which slavery finally came to an end in the United States. Okay, now there is no ambiguity there, family. Not at all. That's this, very, that's a definite sponsor, statement. The sponsor is a senator, was a senator from the state of Mississippi, from my state, Trent Lott who ain't never had no track record of good race relations. Now, <laughs> Senator Lott says, a United States Senator representing, sitting inside the Congress said that June 19th, 1865 is the day that slavery ended. Now, that's what he said in the Senate. You go over to the House side. What does it say there, my brother? Celebrating the end of slavery in the United States. In the United States. And see, there was another Republican in the House who, re who, who, who pushed this legislation. His name was J.C. Watts. Watts, yeah. Most of you may remember J.C. Watts. Yeah, he played quarterback, yeah. right? For the state, you know, for Oklahoma. Yeah. So here now you have the state of Washington saying June 19th ended chattel slavery. You got the United States Senate in the 105th Congress yep. saying Juneteenth ended slavery. You got the House of Representatives in the 105th Congress saying Juneteenth ended slavery. Now, if you want to see a real abomination of it, let's go to Kentucky. I want you to look at this. Now, this is the, the legislation from Kentucky. See, they said the governor shall proclaim June 19th each year as June 19th, uh, uh, Juneteenth National Freedom Day. They approved this on March 11, 2005. Okay. Now here's the craziness of it. They tell you so much truth. And to me, they laugh at you. They said, we can even tell them the truth and they still gonna run down the rabbit hole and do it. So look at what they say right here. Whereas most citizens believe that the issuance of the Emancipation Proclamation on January 1st, 1863, legally ended slavery. However, the proclamation only applied to states which seceded from the Union and did not apply to Kentucky. Wow. True. True. Yeah. Then they come back and tell you, whereas by the time the 13th Amendment was ratified in December of 1865, only nine states, Kentucky among them, here we go, family, what that say there, Brother Cheyenne? Kentucky among them still clung to the institution of slavery. They still clung to it. But now they come on and they say this. Whereas the Civil War ended in April of 1865, check. But bondage did not end for, read that for me, my brother. Uh, but bondage did not end for approximately 225,000 Kentucky slaves until the 13th Amendment was ratified December 18th, 1865. Now, they were almost correct there, except they got the date wrong. It wasn't ratified on December 18th, 1865. It was ratified on December 6th, 1865. Okay. But now here's the part I want you to pay real close attention to. Read that part there for me, my brother. It says, whereas Juneteenth or June 19th 1865 is considered the date when 
The last slaves in America were freed by General Gordon Granger. Stop right there. Stop right there. Now, here's the word I want you to pay attention to. Whereas Juneteenth is considered the date when the last slaves. Mm. See, they just told you June 19th didn't end slavery. On June 19th, all of your ancestors weren't free because right up here, they just told you right. that 225,000 of our ancestors were still enslaved after Juneteenth. Now, just to show you how much, how much they, they just don't care, look at what they say here. They say this, whereas President Harry S. Truman signed a bill in 1948 proclaiming February 1st National Freedom Day. Let's just pick any day. June 18th, December 6th, June 19th. It don't <laughs> matter. It's their history. Nobody's paying attention to it. But now I want us to be clear on when slavery ended. So, hey, let's go to the History Channel. <laughs> Read okay. that for me, my brother. Okay, uh, we're on the history channels, doc, uh, yeah, history.com. Right uh, on December 6, 1865, the 13th Amendment to the US Constitution officially ending the institution of slavery is ratified. It, it, it officially ended it. So fam, let me take you here and I wanna just show, us, show this to you in a different way. I wanna show this to you in a different way. All right, now. Let's put it all together. So, so we have come here and now we've looked at what King County has said. We just watched what 46 other states are doing. Now, because I'm in Maryland, I watched what your boy in the entertainment world, Pharrell, I think Pharrell's from Virginia. So Pharrell, I'm watching a press conference where Pharrell is up there talking to Governor Ralph Northam, Northam about making Juneteenth a state paid holiday. And he was very convincing. But why was he so convincing then? Because this was after the murder of George Floyd. Now white folks is willing to do anything. And you got so many black folks who have been miseducated. They have not sat down and done the scholarship about our experience. So there's a big part of me that absolutely understands. So we wanna set this record straight. Now, before I go further, Let's go back to the state of Washington, because I want you to understand something. There's a sister named Melanie Morgan, who is the big pusher. She's the big sponsor of this. Okay. I tried to reach out to Sister Morgan, but because I'm in the state of Maryland, I can't even send them an email. So I had folks in the state of Washington to try to reach out to the sister. Oh, I know they done heard the rumblings of it. <laughs> I'm going to show you why I know they done heard the rumblings of it and still hadn't done anything. I reached out to a young brother, Jesse Johnson. I'll come back to him in a minute. So let's finish with Virginia. So now Pharrell is up there pushing on the governor. Governor, you need to make Juneteenth a paid holiday. And what did the governor say? He says that in red. What did that say, Brother Cheyenne, in red? Uh, it says it mattered then because it marked the end of slavery in this country. Okay, fam. We just went to the History Channel. The History Channel says slavery ended when? December 6th, 1865. Stay with me, okay? Stay with me. Now, here's a page from the calendar that Brother Cheyenne was talking about. 
This is on the 13th Amendment. Now, I need you to understand something. I know many of you may have slept through civics class. I <laughs> the civics class. So I want you to get this. See, when Abraham Lincoln issued the Emancipation Proclamation, that was an executive order. Yes. Yes. Executive. There's a difference between an executive order and the law of the land. Right. Now, in order for it to become law of the land, it has to become an amendment. And for an amendment to become law, you need two things, people. You need two thirds of the Congress to approve it. That means you need two thirds of the Senate, you need two thirds of the House, two thirds of Congress. So on January 31st, 1865, two thirds of the Congress had approved the proposal to end slavery in this country. Okay. Now, that's January 31st, 1865. The Civil War is still fighting. We're still fighting. On April 9th, 1865, slavery ended. Mm -hmm. So let me take you to this page because this will show you better. Okay. January 31st, 1865, Congress approved it. On April 9th, 1865, the Civil War ended. So now this is what people are saying. So after the Civil War ended, slavery should have been over because the Civil War was fought over slavery. Do not get that twisted any kind of way. Correct. It ain't my opinion. It right. could be your opinion, but it's history's fact that's, that's, that that's why it was fought. So right. now that the Civil War is over on April 9th, 1865, this general by the name of Gordon Granger is assigned the District of Texas. Okay. He goes over in Texas and he finds that these black folks are still enslaved. So he issues on June 19th, 1865, general order number three. And he says, now keep in mind, there was something that happened here on April 14th, 1865. The president of the United States, Abraham Lincoln, well, he was sitting in the theater and John Will Booth walked up behind him and shot him in the back of the head. And on April 14th, 1865, he's now dead. Yeah. So after he's assassinated, now we come down to June 19th and Granger says, in accordance to the Emancipation Proclamation issued by the president on January 1st, 1863. Right. Slavery is over. OK, now. On December 6th, we just saw that on December 6th, 1865. They finally ratified the 13th Amendment because on, on January 31st, 1865, once two thirds of the Congress approved it, they sent it out there to the states. Right. There were 36 states in the union at the time. Three fourths of 36 is 27, which means you needed 27 states to ratify it. But see, family, here's the issue. See, when the state of Washington, when King County government, when Virginia, when the U.S. Senate, when the Congress all stated that Juneteenth, June 19th, 1865, when they say that that ended slavery, here is the fact. Remember what we read in the Kentucky piece? It yeah. said that we didn't finish with slavery until December 18th. They were wrong about the December 18th, but they were correct about the 13th Amendment. But they said we didn't release our slaves. So that means that between June 19th, 
1865 and December 6th, 1865, there were 225,000 of our ancestors still enslaved. Now, in case you want to know what that looks like, family, here is a picture from the iconic, iconic 1963 March on Washington. When you read about that event, mm -hmm. it tells you that there were somewhere between 200 and 300,000 people who attended that event. Yep. That's what 225,000 people look like, family. Mm. They're still enslaved. And we are allowing everybody around us to tell us that June 19th ended slavery. Since y'all think it's so sexy because it's June and 19th and Juneteenth, since it sounds so sexy to you and, and you like it so much, okay, go ahead. Now, but it's not the truth. It ain't the truth. But, 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 but fam, not only is it not the truth, I hear the souls of these 225,000 black folks, our ancestors in the state of Delaware and in the state of Kentucky still calling on us saying, what about us? Now, if you're wondering why I'm saying Delaware and Kentucky, I want you to understand this. This is a map of what the United States looked like when the Civil War started, with one exception. You see this little red here called WV, that's West Virginia. Yep. Now, when the Civil War started on April 9th, 1861, I'm, I'm sorry, April 12th, 1861, when they fired on Fort Sumter in South Carolina, when that war started, West Virginia wasn't a state. But mm. by this time, Virginia had seceded from the Union. But the people in West Virginia said, look, we love slavery. We don't want it messed with, but look, man, we ain't about to secede from the union. So we gonna apply for statehood. So those 43 counties or so in West Virginia applied for statehood. So after the civil war has started, they became a state. Mm. So what you have to remember about the Emancipation Proclamation is three things. Number one, when Lincoln issued that, he said all of these states in gray with the exception of Tennessee, all those who are enslaved in those states, you're free. Right. Okay. Right. He said, but now, the second thing, in those states that did not rebel against the Union, keep that party going. Slavery is still in effect. That meant Missouri, Kentucky, Maryland, and Delaware. And when West Virginia became a state, West Virginia... The same thing applied to them. You have slavery, slavery is still legal. Mm. So what happened as the Civil War was being fought? This is, these are the dates. I want you to pay attention to them. <clears throat> the Civil War does not end until 1865. But in 1864, on November 1st, Maryland said, let's get rid of the institution of slavery. On January 11th, Missouri said, let's get rid of the institution of slavery. On February 3rd, 1865, West Virginia said, let's get rid of the institution of slavery. But Kentucky and Delaware, oh, oh, they said, oh, no, 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 no. We ain't getting rid of nothing. Because remember, Lincoln said, slavery's still good here. So they held on to slavery. Right. They held on to it. April 9th, 1865, the Civil War ends. June 19, 1865, Granger rides over here into Galveston, Texas, issues his proclamation, 
But again, family, again, those 225,000 black folks, they are still enslaved. So I'm not bothered by the celebration of Juneteenth. Oh, contraire, contraire. What I'm bothered about is that there is not, there is not scholarship into our history that we would allow a quote unquote celebration to occur when there are 225,000 of our ancestors still enslaved. Anybody who thinks that this, this is just trivia, Harriet Slub, uh, Tubman would slap the mess at you. She slapped the taste right out your taste buds. <laughs> because remember what that sister said, I ain't free until all of my people are free. So if America in its true intent want to recognize her original sin and now have a day to celebrate the end of slavery, it ain't over until one, two, three, four, 224, 225,000 of them souls are mm -hmm. recognized as that they were free. And mm -hmm. that family, that didn't happen until December 6th, 1865. Now, to just show you how much America just trivializes our history. She don't teach it in school and she didn't want us to learn. So we have never put the scholarship behind what's happening today. This is why what happened yesterday matters today. Here's a picture of me, Brother Cheyenne. And I am at the site. I was invited down by two generals. These two generals, General Freakley and, and, and General Bray. Mm -hmm. Now, they didn't put the plaque up there. But they say, you know, Brother Mac, we know that you, you, you love history and we want to invite you down. We want to show you the, the, the placard that stands where the first blacks came to America. Now, where this yellow bar, this, this last line, can you see that, Brother Shalom? Yes. Br Br Brother Cheyenne, read what that says. The U.S. what? U.S. abolished slavery in 1863. 1863. Is that true or not? No. No. The U.S. abolished slavery on December 6th, 1865. Now, can you read what it says underneath there? The Department of what? Department of Historic Resources. Absolutely. Now, think about that, fam. The Department of Historic Resources. That means that you got a whole department that does nothing but focus on the history of America. And in that department- They got it wrong. They got it wrong. No, no, not a simple mistake. This is an abomination. So when I'm sitting there and they showing me the plaque, I want you to take a look at my face. <laughs> Man, what's wrong with you? This ain't right. What's wrong with y'all? Man, this is Jerry Lewis, fam. Hey, <laughs> big brother, look, that is, <laughs> I see you. I feel you, family. I feel <laughs> I said, man, I know y'all want to impress me and bring me here and let me feel this moment of where our ancestors first stepped foot on what became British, you know, what was British America? Man, but if you're going to do it, you got to do this thing right because this is wrong. Yeah. 
As soon as I left Virginia and I got back to Maryland, I called up the Department of Historic Resources. Okay. And I said, you got it wrong. They said, Mr. Mack, what do you mean we got it wrong? I said, on your plaque, you said the U.S. abolished slavery in 1863, and that ain't true. Here's the new plaque they put up, brother. You see that yellow bar? What does it say? It says the United States abolished slavery in 1865. See, they got it right, fam. They got it right because there was a socially, there was a socially conscious brother who said, no, no, fam, we can't let this ride. We got to get this right. We right. got to get this right. So, 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 so that's what I'm saying with all of this is that we have these situations where they have misrepresented Juneteenth. You know, look, you want to celebrate Juneteenth? Fine. But even when you being taught, well, you know, Carl, Juneteenth is the oldest uh, uh, emancipation day for black folks. Uh, negative on that too, Ghost Rider. So, <laughs> yeah. negative on that too. Come on with it. Come on with it, man. Okay, so look, look, read that right there in blue for me there. Uh, on April 16, 1862, President Lincoln signed an act abolishing slavery in the District of Columbia. And where? In the District of Columbia. And that's the nation's capital. That's 10 miles down the road from where I'm hanging out. That's Go right. ahead, read the rest of that. An important step in the long road toward full emancipation and enfranchisement for African-Americans. Okay, so fam, when you wanna say, now, April 16th, 1862, June 19th, 1863. So which of them days you think is the oldest? <laughs> I'm just asking. Yeah, yeah April 16th, 1863. We're not talking about in the hills of West Virginia, fam. We talking about in the nation's capital. That's right. Okay. That's right. So it ain't even the oldest. It's the most popular. Mm. And why is it popular? I told you. Because of the alliteration, June 19th, Juneteenth. It sounds sexy. Mm. And people told you the lie that Juneteenth ended slavery in America. Now, Brother Cheyenne, is there any doubt that June 19th, Juneteenth ended slavery? Did it or did it not? It did not. It did not. That ain't my opinion. That ain't your opinion. Right. That's what history tells us. Right. So when I'm watching Black folks push the agenda, oh, and there were Black folks in King County that pushed it, and I'm having conversations with King County right now. Okay. You see, right now the problem is, you know, I too once believed that Juneteenth ended slavery, mm. but I did what Dr. Woodson asked us to do. And Dr. Woodson, the father of Black History Month, who yeah. started Black History Month, yeah. he said, look, I'm not asking white folks and nobody else to set aside some time for us to study us. I'm asking us yes. to set aside some time and focus on studying us. Mm. This is why he wanted us to do that, so that we know our experience and we don't allow somebody else to tell us or define for us what happened to us. Because America is very much embarrassed and she should be ashamed about what happened to us. And so now the shame falls because I asked the question when I showed you the timeline. 
Do black lives matter or all lives matter? Today, folks would be quick to say black lives matter. Absolutely. And we know the argument for that. Right. So if today you, you think that you and I are on the opposite sides of this, no fam, we ain't. Right. Because see, I believe black lives matter. Absolutely. I might believe it more than you if you believe that Juneteenth ended slavery because there's 225,000 black lives out there that says we matter too, fam. Right. Where's right. that? So now you got black folks who have pushed the Juneteenth agenda and they built their reputations on it. So I want you to imagine, <laughs> Cheyenne, I want you to imagine that you've been in there beating up on these white folks at your place of employment to celebrate and recognize Juneteenth. And now you got to go back and say, oops, <laughs> my bad, I got it wrong. Hey. White folks like, Cheyenne, you mean to tell me that you can't even get your own history right? <laughs> Hey man, wait. So okay, so 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 because this is deep right here, right? Because this is a hurdle in the ego. I'm looking at it even just from a straight brand centric. You've been pushing this thing and pushing this thing and okay. this is the brand. This is the new thing. This is the promotion. We rock it. We rolling. It's moving. It's going. And then you find out in the midst of it, right? <laughs> You find out in the midst of it, man, well, damn, man, I've been pushing the wrong thing. I got an ingredient off or something in this is not absolutely true. Then how does one reconcile? You know, now, now look, we about this truth advocation. If it's me, I'm like, hey, y'all, I messed up. I missed the shot. Uh, I fumbled the ball. Uh, forgive me, man, let, let, let's gather this thing back up. Let's figure it out. Let's correct it. But when someone's been out there pushing and plugging and negotiating and debating and paneling and all the stuff that comes with trying to move that thing there and taking nothing away from the, the inherent symbolism of Juneteenth, come on, come on. regardless, come right? On. And nothing away from the celebration and the day off and the barbecues and all the other little ancillary material stuff that's going to be born from it. But the fact of the matter is, and look, I'm born in Madisonville, Kentucky. I got tons of family out there. I can't help but think to myself, that was probably some of my own. Yes, yes. You see what I'm saying? Yes. Um, and I reside in King County. Mm -hmm. I, I did my K through 12. I'm raised here. My grandma migrated from DC all the way out here. So all the areas you pinpointing, they resonating with me on some very deep levels. Pops yeah. was born in Gary, West Virginia. You know yeah. what I mean? Like the, that whole spread of what we're dealing with directly involves towns, neighborhoods, cities, and states that I have existences in deep, deep, deep roots. What do what is it that would be operating in someone who's been forging this where they can't reconcile and correct course to embrace this? It's a fact. Yeah. Okay. You're, so, you're so, not, you, you, you didn't, you're not making this up because you ain't got nothing to do on a Saturday afternoon. This is stuff that's historically logged. It's, it's logistical history at this point. 
-hmm. So what is the issue? Why, why can't this conversation move to its, to its correct position? Humility and the lack thereof. See, this is the, this is the way to, and, and Pharrell, I'm talking to you now, Pharrell. <laughs> I want to thank you, brother. I want to thank you for what you did in approaching the governor, because I know the spirit in which you did it. Sister Morgan, I want to thank you because I know the spirit in which you did it. Right. To all the black employees of King County, I want to thank you all because I know the spirit in which you did it. Absolutely. And let me tell you what, Pharrell, let me tell you what you were able to do. You were able to convince the governor of Virginia that we needed to pay homage to the end of slavery. Yeah. Sister Morgan, let me tell you what you were able to do. You have been able to rally your colleagues in the state of Washington to recognize a celebration to end slavery. Everybody who's been out there, who's had anything to do with getting America to recognize the end of slavery, Brother Cheyenne and I, we thank y'all. All day. But all we're saying to you is, take your pen and scratch out June 19th and make it December 6th, 1865. Leave everything else the same because the groundwork that you put in, we applaud you for that. Yeah, yeah. Now, if by chance, what Brother Cheyenne just said, that your ego gets in the way, now, fam, now we, we ain't seeing eye to eye on that. That's where the problem becomes. Yeah. So what you have to do is search your soul because see, fam, I understand why you got it wrong. Mm. You got it wrong because America has set the trap for us to get it wrong. Right. America once made it illegal for us to even learn to read and write. Come on. America made it illegal for us to get any form of education. And when you went to school, when I went to school, my children now are in school. Right. They still ain't teaching our experience. That's how you got it wrong. Right. I'm not mad at you for that, fam. I'm right. not. Right. But I would be a little disturbed. Okay, I'm being politically correct and I don't really roll like that. I would be <laughs> real upset with you if now that you got this truth in front of you yeah. and you still allow your ego to perpetrate this truth and allow 225,000 of my ancestors, our ancestors' voices to go unheard. Not right there, fam. You might be my skin but you ain't my kin. Mm. Believe all that. Mm. That's what we have a problem. And, and look, and I, I stand in that because I can't help but think, and 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 everyone that know me know this, you could take the least and the, and the most little and the most without of us. And when the big bad bully and the big bad wolf come around that corner, I'm standing with little man. And, and and big bad wolf baby ready to throw down all day long. I'm not leaving none of my bros and sisters behind 
on any level. When I think of it in my mind, I say to myself, if you just equate it, and I think that was a great illustration with the March on Washington, uh, given the size and the capacity of those left behind. Yes. You think about, man, that's, again, that's cousins, that's that's husbands and wives, that's mothers and daughters, and, 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 and that's fathers and sons, that's people you know, that's classmates, that's teammates that otherwise are left in chattel, chattel slavery. So yes. we ain't talking about, I mean, look, <laughs> the most disgusting form of being alive and not living is chattel slavery. You talking physical, spiritual, emotional, psychological, biological, uh, every aspect of anything that can be impacted with multi-generational traumatic effect <laughs> that will stand for, for countless generations to come. Mm -hmm. And once one legal issue of emancipation starts to run its thread and say, well, you know, this is the day of liberation, but it's not true. And you got a whole city's work of your own people still locked in cages and, 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 and in cuffs and in chains and getting whipped and spit on and raped and molested and disrespected and left out and unfed and and dog sick on whatever whatever and all that comes with that shit that, that's going on mm -hmm. it's not okay no so it, it has it has to be recognized it has and, and brother Cheyenne, look go in and try to make any other day passover except what is passover and tell me what <laughs> look they hey and I got some phenomenal friends and that I got some phenomenal Jewish friends. They will come get you. Yes, They're sir. not having it. You're not going to tell them about their culture. No. And, and fact, how to move with it. Let me go and try to convince any of you who's listening to this that the day that's your birthday, it really ain't your birthday. Jeez. Let me go and try to convince America that July 3rd is Independence Day. Let right. me tell her that we're going to remember on 9-10 and not 9-11. Come on, man. Everybody, everybody at the table of brotherhood got issues with it. But we can sit at the table and they give us any day when 225,000 of our people are still enslaved and we're like, well, at least we got something. No, fool. You got played is what you got. Right. That's what's happening. And we got to cut that out. And so listen, you know, I'm going to share one other thing with you, my brother. Mm -hmm. um, uh, God, I, I, I think this is it. And I, I want people to, you know, since we talked about the, the, the calendar, this is September 22nd in the calendar. And I put that in the calendar because that's the day that Lincoln actually issued the Emancipation Proclamation. But he gave the South 100 days to get right. He gave them up until January 1st, 1863. And said, now look, if y'all come on back to the fold, we all good. But as you'll see in here, we talk about the things that, that matter, and that is number one, um, those blacks who were enslaved in states and rebelling against the union, he now said that they were free, which now I'm gonna just tell you what that really meant, family. I want you to imagine, Brother Cheyenne, because we don't have to imagine, you are in the state of Washington. Yes. Imagine that the governor of Oregon passed a law <laughs> or signed an executive order saying that the people in the state of Washington has to send them 1% of their income. You like, 
Yeah. What's wrong with you, man? You ain't got no jurisdiction here. Yeah. See, that's what the Emancipation Proclamation meant to those 11 states that left the union. See, this is why I want you to understand this family. And and, and I I want you to just bear with me for a minute. See, when those 11 states left, I don't want you to think that they were just out there like renegade. No. They set up a constitution. They put together representatives for each state. Mm-hmm. They got themselves a president by the name of Jefferson Davis. Yeah. They even got themselves a, vest, a vice president. You know who his name was and where he was from? Mm-hmm. No. His name was Alexander Stevens. He was from Georgia. Okay. So see, these 11 states, they became a nation. So that's just like governor. I mean, the, 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 the leadership of Canada, Trudeau. Trying to pass a law that affects the United States. We like, man, you ain't got no jurisdiction here. Man, gone with that nonsense. Right, right. So when Lincoln passed the Emancipation Proclamation, man, the Southern states was like, dude, that ain't got nothing to do with us. Yeah, who are you to tell us us how to, especially our free labor force that we making millions of dollars off of? (laughs) Now, I, I want you to also see this. See, because not only did they talk about it, here, and here's a phenomenal little piece of history. So that piece in blue, Brother Cheyenne, see, that's William Seward. Okay. See, now William Seward was the Secretary of State. But Brother Cheyenne, can you read that for us? Yes, William Seward, Lincoln's Secretary of State, commented, we show our sympathy with slavery by emancipating slaves where we cannot reach them and holding them in bondage where we can set them free. Stop, stop fam. I need you to, that part that's in quotes, read that again and read it slow. Let's think critically about this piece. What did the secretary of state say to Lincoln? What is, read that again for me fam. We show our sympathy with slavery by emancipating slaves where we cannot reach them. We can't reach them. And holding them in bondage where we can set them free. <clears throat> Good Lord. Fam, see. Wait, hold on, man. Hold on, wait, wait, <laughs> wait. Man, that's wicked, bro. Uh, come on. That's, and see, that's what I'm, that's the beauty of our history. Man, it gives you such phenomenal insight. Brother Cheyenne, I didn't make them words up. Right. You didn't make them up. That was William Seward. Now, I want to tell you something about Seward. Seward used to be the secretary. I mean, he was the governor of New York. Brother was a staunch abolitionist, man. And he even right. represented a brother who killed four people. He represented a, a, a black man who killed four people and tried to get him off. Now he lost the case. He tried to get him off on a plea of insanity. And he he went he went down the moral road of saying, how could you not, un-, you know, paraphrasing, how could you not understand what this brother did when we think about the institution that we had him in? Right. I'm just saying, right. man. So right. see these cats, there was some deep, it was some deep cats, man, doing some deep thinking. But think about what, what Seward said to Lincoln. He said, man. We ain't got no jurisdiction over these 11 states because they done seceded from the union and formed their own government. 
And we're going to talk about those people are free. And then those states that stayed in the union, you're going to allow slavery to continue there? See? That's, I mean, that, that's a whole nother level of heavy. That's a whole nother level of heavy. <laughs> and so just so folks understand that, you know, here was an article that I wrote, and, and I so appreciate the Seattle Medium for printing this, because I sent an op-ed piece to the white press. None of them wanted to cover it. And so I sent this to the, to the black press in Seattle, Seattle Medium, the misrepresentation of Juneteenth. So, you know, here again, and, and, and again, fam, I want y'all to take a look at this too. I want you to look at this now, because see, if, if these people who claim to represent us, if they really down with us, let's hold them accountable. Let's ask the question. See, there's Melanie Morgan. She's the sponsor of the bill. And see, I spoke to this brother right here. I spoke to him. <laughs> yeah. I spoke to Brother Jesse. And again, I'm not trying to call Brother Jesse out, but I do want to, you know, I want folks, I want somebody to answer me and ignoring me ain't going to be the answer. Right. <laughs> I, ain't, I ain't got it like that with you, you know. I want to I want to have the utmost of respect for you. And on the surface, I do. But man, we talking about our culture. I'm not here exactly. to play politics with any of y'all. Exactly. None of y'all. And if you ain't got the if you got the courage to pass the legislation, then have the courage to sit in front of the, you know, and sit in front of academia and let's talk about it. Absolutely. See, because see, here, here's a quote that that absolutely reigns true. And it reigns true for Melanie Morgan, Jesse Johnson, and every one of them that signed on to this. Here's the quote, fam. It is a truism of history that people react on what they think happened rather than what actually happened. Mm. See, Juneteenth ended slavery. You thought that happened. It ain't what actually happened. Right. Now, if we want to sit down and you can bring your most phenomenal historical scholarship folks you want to, and let's sit down and have a scholarship debate about it. Because you know why? Our history deserves that. Yes. The I Jewish agree. culture, they put that scholarship behind their history. They yeah. put that practice into it. Every other nation does it. Even in the state of Washington. I remember when I was in the state of Washington and the Native American families wanted to go out there and do traditional whale hunting in canoes. And here come white folks, here come the folks in the state of Washington telling them what they cannot do, a practice that they've been doing for a thousand years, but now all of a sudden we want to come in and tell them what they can and cannot do. Right. Let's put scholarship into it. I'm going to say it again. Brother Cheyenne and I, neither one of us, neither one of us got no issue with Juneteenth. Mm -hmm. But I think we both, we two brothers who both have a problem with saying that Juneteenth ended slavery when there was 225,000. And I'm gonna say this to all of you all. When I first brought this issue to Brother Cheyenne, he had no clue. He was on the Juneteenth bandwagon. Sure I used to be on that bandwagon. Yeah. But this is what I say about true brotherhood and true leadership. If you're giving information and that information sends you down a course, and then somebody brings you brand new information to tell you that the course you own is wrong. And you continue down that course, you a fool. <laughs> but a true leader would take that new information. And if that new information says, 
That's what I watched Brother Cheyenne do. And for that, see, that's the humility of the brother. That's what touched my soul about you, young bro. That's what touched my soul because so many of us are so wrapped in our ego. Ain't no way I'm coming off this. My pride won't allow me. Right. They call that foolish pride. Right. So all I'm saying, family, is if something that me and Brother Cheyenne have shared with you all today, if you can find that it is that we are historically wrong or our interpretation of it is wrong, because the beauty of the documents that we presented to you today, there is no ambiguity. No. Ain't no confusion. No. Ain't no cloud. Right. This is, is about as symptomatic of that song. I can see clearly now the rain is gone. <laughs> yeah, baby. Hey, that's the truth. And, and look, to your, to your point, big bro, I certainly viewed it as the day. Juneteenth, that's that's what you're kind of raised with. That's what you know. And I kind of liken it to uh in, in family, for instance. I can remember, you know, coming up and, and my my uh paternal grandparents had, had been separated. And my grandfather, who was a, a both of them were major civil rights leaders, but uh, my grandfather had gone back down south. He was building CME churches all over the south and west coast. And I decided my freshman year of college, that first summer, man, I want to go get with my grandfather. I knew my grandma, I knew my step-grandfather, I knew the family, I knew the the general perspective. But every time he came to town to see us, the energy would shift. Something, there was something majestic about this man when he would come to town Mm. that was kingly and just different from the flow when he wasn't around. Mm -hmm. Something, Something got in order just with his presence and him showing up. So I took note of it as a little boy. And I was like, man, when I get that moment and I can just go travel and, and check in with him, I'm going to go take the time to see what's up. So I go down to Houston, which is where he was at at the time. And I spent about a month with him. And I got his truth. Hmm. And so many lanes and holes and scenarios and circumstances and conditions all of a sudden made sense to me. Oh, oh, that's how the family started traveling. Oh, oh, that's what you did with Dr. King. Oh, this is when you met with, oh, okay. You know, the truth ended up giving me so much substance out of that. And granted, no, that's taken nothing away from my family and my loved ones. They did the best they could. They, they gave us all the, you know, integral truth they had to offer and, and or maybe they didn't, I don't know, but that, that's on them, whether they did or didn't. I'm just saying I can acknowledge and appreciate whatever it was they did contribute. I, it, it was enough for me to get my ass down there to see my grandfather, to learn about who are we? Where do we come from? He feel the the Creole, the, 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 the French tie, the black, the culture, the, all this stuff started to just paint a picture for me where I said, okay, I much more contextually know who the hell I am. Now I can move with a more defined step. And so for me, from that point on, that's what set a precedence for me to course correct. And that course correction was okay. It does not mean you're abandoning people and you're, you're abandoning efforts. It just simply means, hey man, if we trying to get here, but we over here, man, go and turn the wheel. But, it's but, okay. But, but Shai, you know what I hear you saying? Granddaddy gave you history. Yes. And once he gave you the history, 
man, the veil was lifted. You can yeah. see things clearer now. Yeah. Now things begin to make sense. Yeah. Now you understand how the gears mesh. Yeah. And that's all we're saying, family. That's all we're saying to you yeah. is that right now, this ain't about, oh, they, 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 they found some little obscure fact in Juneteenth. Oh, no, fam. Because I promise you this. I promise you this. Let's say that those ancestors in Galveston, they were the last ones. Okay. But they didn't ratify and get rid of slavery until December 6th. Man, I wouldn't care nothing about December 6th. The symbolism of Juneteenth, perfect. That's fine. Yeah. Got no problem. Yep. The problem is that when Juneteenth occurred, two things. Slavery was still legal in America. Yeah. But more important, in Kentucky and Delaware, over 225,000. That, fam. That's crazy. I can't fire up the barbecue under the premise that Juneteenth ended slavery. Come on, bro. Come on. I can't, I can't do it. I can't do it. And, and, and look, you can, I, I simplify it this way. If I got one brother, how many? Who's one, just one, <laughs> locked down somewhere under conditions beyond his free will. My people know me, man. It's incumbent. Hey, man, I'm about it. Like, hey, it's look, incumbent. I'm coming to get you, man. I'm coming to get you. We and, gonna and, be all right. And, and here's the other thing, family. For any of you who've ever served in the military, Mm. There's a word, it's called ethos. Ethos means this is at our core belief. Yes. And you know what that ethos says? It doesn't say we never. It says we never <laughs> leave a man on the battlefield. <laughs> never, ever, not never, ever. Right. Never ever leave a man on the, that's part of the ethos yeah and today black lives matter you think that just started right no our ancestors have been saying that from day one right there ain't nothing that just started today fam always do you think that you know in your efforts to this point i want to kind of um uh, shine the light on another page relative to this uh, the article came out, uh, my partner, Candace, and the producer of this show has long worked with the Seattle medium uh, as a contributing writer and, 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 and editor and has, has uh, you know, we're very familiar with uh, the Bennett family and their contribution to, to black media uh, in the region. So I think it's great that that op-ed got placed um, because that's important, uh, you know. Just if, even if, with respect to creating history as you're on this journey. Because let's be real, I don't know nobody else that is trying to really tackle this factoid that has seemed to be slipped out of the fray of of, of history. Uh, so big kudos there. But I want to try to shine the light on, man. What are you? What are you up against? and getting to the right audiences 
and having the right response towards um, you, you know what what this issue entails. What what is what what are you facing that is against this thing moving forward? Scared Negroes, embarrassed mm -hmm. Negroes, those that lack humility, those who who truly want to you know because it's popular, you know. They may tell you privately Black Lives Matter, but they get in front of Massa, all lives matter, Massa. You know. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about the ability to swallow your pride. It ain't about you. This ain't even about me. Right. It's about them 225,000 people. It's about the efforts of Carter G. Woodson. This is why he wanted us to study who we are so we can better understand. Yes. Anybody who knows me and you knew of my efforts when I was in the NAACP, you knew I was a ride or die kind of brother. I didn't care what it was. Right. My history, you know, my, 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 my history in that endeavor is pretty clear. Absolutely. But I want you to understand something, fam. When I came from Jackson, Mississippi, and I got my degree in engineering, I was an educated fool. And I'm saying that because I couldn't give you a hundred words about what it is to be black in America. Martin Luther King Jr., Malcolm X, and I was 94 yard, 94 words short after that. Mm. I knew nothing. But man, when Dr. Edward Jones from the University of Washington unlocked my mind and poured this experience into me and I began to see things that I never saw before. And now the words of Charles Hamilton Houston reign in my DNA. Mm. When I was in AACP, I'm not going to hope you meet with me and you like me and you do right by me. I'm in the, see, that's living on your knees. Right. Charles Hamilton Houston said, I would rather die on my feet than live on my knees. I'm not begging you for what my ancestors have paid for, my God-given right. You think I'm coming to negotiate with you about what's mine and my people? You done lost your Jerry Lewis mind. And we gonna party with this one, fam. Absolutely. Pack a lunch, because we gonna be here for a minute. And I didn't care what the price was. I remember when they got, when they arrested me. I was working for King County and I got arrested protesting King County. They told me, they said, Brother Matt, stay out of trouble for 30 days, 60 days. This will all go away. I said, fam, I need you to understand something. I'm protesting the shooting of a black man, of, of a black man by a rogue thug King County deputy sheriff. Now I'm facing your judicial process. He never faced it. Mm. You want to send me to, to jail? You want me to lose my job? And, and trust me, this fam, I've been married for two years. I had a one-year-old son. I had a big, healthy mortgage. I remember telling my wife, baby girl, if they lock me up, I know you love me, but you take my boy, you sell a house, and you go home. Mm. Do what you need to do. I don't need you waiting around, suffering through all of this. We're going to be just fine. That's right. But raise on fun, and, and my, you know, my wife, God bless us, baby girl was like, look, we in this thing, babies. Right, right. That's, you know, that's the price we were willing to, to do with that. So right. I get that. So in this case, when you ask me what's the biggest obstacle, the biggest obstacle, two things. Number one, there are scared Negroes. But number two, it's the ability to get this message out. Because I do believe this. I believe that our people want to know the truth. Yes. And that's why with you and Candace and your crew that's helping get this word out, 
through your platform, man, I so applaud you. I'm so I'm humbled by you and your fam on doing this. So that's the other part. We've got to educate the masses because when we do that, it's impossible for you to look at me and tell me Black Lives Matter today, but they didn't matter back then. It's impossible. Man, look, <laughs> when, I, when I listen to this, a, a, a resounding feeling comes in me and, and really the artist in me, the songwriter in me, I get so bugged by the notion that that many was left behind. Um, and I need our producers, both, both Larry and Candace, you guys take note of this. A very dear friend of mine, one of my mentors when I was coming up out here, brother by the name of John Eddie J.J. Jones. This dear brother was brilliant, brilliant. And he was one of the first two or three black quarterbacks in the NFL. He backed up Joe Namath. Mm. Okay. Now he passed away some years ago in a tragic uh, house fire. This was a good brother. Very few people knew his cachet in the NFL mm. because he comes from the era where the black quarterback was so undermined. The mere fact he even got drafted and even played on that team and backed up one of the greatest, uh, most uh, famed historic quarterbacks in the league and, and Broadway Joe Namath is a whole nother piece to it. And when he passed, I, you know, there was a couple little blurbs, you know, from the Jets and, uh, and other places, but very little acknowledgement to, to one of my mentors. It burned me to my soul. Hmm. And he's been long forgotten. And so when you think about the travail of the black quarterback, when I see stuff on ESPN and on NFL, you know, his name never gets brought up. Mm -hmm. Well, he's one of those guys that's left behind in the diaspora mm -hmm. and the issue of I got avoiding the soul and the input of people that still exist, still, still deserve to be acknowledged. And I'm just trying, I'm finding ways to simplify it to people that got issue with understanding um, the relevance of what's being brought to the table that these are people that lived yes. in slavery while we were supposedly emancipated. Right. Which means we weren't emancipated. Right. It's just that simple. The forgotten ones of us, I was meaning to bring it down from my closet today. I got a, I got a wonderful jacket, uh, 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 one of my cigar brothers that, that hooked me up with a few months ago. And it's, it's an old Levi's jacket and it's patched with all the old Negro League teams. Mm -hmm. And these are teams where brothers with phenomenal statistics had been <laughs> killing the game for decades and decades and decades. And I believe just this year, even Major League Baseball finally course corrected and said, we now have to include the statistical wherewithal and historical contribution of the Negro League baseball players. Mm -hmm. This is Major League Baseball, course corrected, right. history, and has now included this. Mm -hmm. So people listening, whoever hears this, whoever watches this, if you're perturbed or nerved by the current status of the brand of Juneteenth and whatever may come with it, please understand, you are not going to be able to avoid history at some point this is going to be recognized in its truth and for its merit, 
no matter when, where, or how. But I'm one of the brothers that's like, I'm gonna be on the right side of history with this. You ain't gonna get no shake off from me, bro. Right. I'm and, 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 and fam, let me let me say this, man. You know, if, if if folks from your following contact you and it's like, no, man, that brother got it all wrong. Man, look, I love nothing more than to sit down because see, it's not that I want to debate you. I want to learn. And if there's something that I'm missing here, if there's something I'm missing, please educate me. Let me course correct again. Right. I'm all about that knowledge. I'm more than willing to do that. So, so brother, I'm going to just say to you, man, if anybody reaches out to you and they're like, look, man, I, you know, I want to get on there and I want to talk to the brother. As a matter right. of fact, you know, because you were in the state of Washington, uh, Representative Johnson, Representative Morgan, and all the black members of the state of Washington, all of y'all in King County, I'd love to sit down and have a conversation with you. Me, you, and all the whole world. Let's just sit down and have it. And then you justify Because see, I know what's going to happen. You don't understand our history. And I know why you don't understand our history. And I can forgive you for that. But if you don't know it, and you still want to continue down this path of, of forgetting those lost voices that Brother Cheyenne and I are talking about. If you want to continue that, yeah, we, I'm a, I think we both going to have a real problem with y'all. And I hope that all the folks that you claim to represent have a real problem with you. Because the moment you start disrespecting my history, you don't get no pass because you black. We will snatch your black card and you ain't welcome to the family reunion no more. And now you can go in and publicly drink your grape Kool-Aid because the rest of us are partying with the red, okay? Man, I love it. I love it because you know what? You know, on some levels, it's going to come down to that. Oh, it's, just, it's just part of how these processes go. And the thing I think that I think the thing that really moves me is, look, you've lived a, an amazing life. It should not be forgotten. I've lived a hell of a life. It should not be forgotten with respect to what it's going to mean for those that come after us and our families and uh, uh, the lineage, you know, whether they care about it on the outside or not, it means something to somebody. Mm -hmm. And so, and like I said, I can only assume I am probably to some degree a descendant of one of those that was left captive because I'm born in Madisonville, Kentucky. I'm going to so, say, say this to you, man. If, if your lineage is coming out of Kentucky, chances are. Yes. <laughs> yes. Ain't no two ways about it. I'm, I'm, I'm almost absolutely certain some of that blood is running in me. Nice. So I'm sensitive to it uh, and, and empathetic to it. Mm -hmm. And I think my plight uh, to, to anyone that's in, in that space uh, regard political education community. And I think that would be great. And I, and I hereby offer that out to the whole, my whole constituency too. Let's put up some round tables. Let's get some Zooms going. Y'all, I'm inviting, you wanna to come to the compound? We can sit it down. We can, we can bring brother Mac in. We can talk about it. We can have the scholarship debates. We can have the, the opinions and the, you know, whatever, whoever has research and, and has materials and historical factors that maybe we don't have. Whoever, I invite anyone that might have some insider info with respect to this to come to the table. Yeah, but the, and the only thing, fam, I say to it is listen. You know, if you sat through this, this, this discussion between the two brothers, understand this. This is what I've always prided myself on. I always bring receipts. Yes, sir. I always bring receipts. Yes, sir. So if you got something, I don't really care about your opinion. 
Right. I need, I need the receipts. Right. Because right. if you can show me the receipt that released those 225,000 people on or before June 19th, man, I'm cashing in. I'm done with it. We're done. Yeah. I'm off. We cool. Yeah. Short of that, man. So, so that's all I would say is that's just bring some receipts. So, so brother Shai, if you don't mind, I just want to take people through the calendar and I just want to show them a, a lot of literally every, you know, so, so a lot of what we talked about here, um, I, I want you to see was, was in the calendar. So, so we talked about uh, April 9th, right? Or April 12th, right? So on April 12th of the calendar, you know, there's that Confederate flag, right? And yeah. so that gets into that whole, when I tell you that the Confederacy formed their own union. So yeah. see, this is, this is the vice president, Alexander Stevens, when he delivered his cornerstone speech and he says the new constitution, that new constitution is the constitution of the Confederacy. So you, you would have saw from, from our conversation on April 12th, you'll get a piece of that. Um, September 22nd, uh, when we talked about June, uh, uh, not that, uh, hang on. So September 22nd, when we talked about the Emancipation Proclamation, all of that, there's nothing that we discussed that's not in there. Right. The only thing that you're not going to find is that, that legislation on Kentucky and all of that. Now, right. we talked about June 19th, right? So what really was June 19th? Um, you know, so you come on down inside the calendar. And the reason you're seeing different pages going is because the way I got it formatted. But on, on June 19th, there's general order number three, June 19th. So, you know, the, the calendar was a way to just give you a daily dose so that you can understand our history. And again, as you was watching all these people fly by, I'm going to just show you what's in this thing overall. And, and this was my mentor, Dr. Edward Jones, who, who just unlocked so much inside of me. And, and I ain't got to tell you about Fritz Pollard, the first black coach in the NFL, right? <laughs> right. So inside this calendar, here's the table of contents. This is what you get. This is one page of the table of contents, fam. Mm -hmm. Right. This is page two of the table of contents. And you, you know, yeah, you see Declaration of Independence. Mm -hmm. At the first one, you saw 9-11, except I'm simply talking to you about the terrorist attack from a black perspective, the number of black folks that uh, were victims of 9-11. Of Declaration of Independence, there's a real strong black tie to that. It's called the omitted passage. That's another lesson for another day. Okay. Uh, okay. Then the, the third page of the table of contents, right? And yeah, one of my favorite write-ups is when I talk about use of the N-word, how I don't really roll like that. But, you know, I, I put my, my piece in. And then here's the last page of the table of contents. So, it's so much, man. And every day is 366 days. And every one of these is a on this day moment. Cab Calloway, born on this day. Yeah. Um, heartbreak day. Now, for those of who may not understand, I'll just give you one little history lesson. Heartbreak day. Most of us celebrate January 1st, New Year's Day. You know, we didn't party at all New Year's Eve. But in the lives of our ancestors, January 1st was the most dreaded day of the year. Because it was on January 1st that, the, that the, 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 the slave owners would take our enslaved ancestors to the auction block. And if me and Cheyenne are brothers and Candace is our sister and Larry's our brother, we're all siblings. Now all of us could be separated from each other mm. on the auction block. You sold off the plantation. So 
uh, our enslaved ancestors considered January 1st the most dreaded day of the year. So they called that day Heartbreak Day. So I got that on this day. So it just just so much of our history. And then, you know, from the other side, let me go to the to the last page of the calendar. This is called Watch Night. Now, the reason they call this Watch Night is because on September 22nd, just like I showed you, on September 22nd, 1862, Lincoln had issued the Emancipation Proclamation, but he gave the rebellious states up until January 1st to come back in. Now, if they didn't, that's when he was he issued the statement that those blacks enslaved in those states were going to be free. So mm -hmm. our ancestors stayed up all night watching for freedom. So if you go to church on New Year's Eve, and you know that that service is called Watch Night. Yeah. This is when it first happened, was on December 31st, 1862. So man, you know, again, man, it's, it's a lot of our history and, and uh, look forward so big to bro, Big bro, this is what I want to do, because we got to have a continuance. And I'm thinking as we pick up production with the podcast, we just, man, maybe once a month, come in and, and, and tackle one of these, because the, the, these, these jewels, and I love the way, again, the book is put together, because it, it's an easy read, it's yeah. dynamic, um, it's got a uh, it's got a news kind of centric uh, vibe to it. The calendar piece is cold. It's got an almanac. I mean, it's it's really functional. And I think it's one of those things that I think you know the household should have it because the kids can flip through. Uh, people come over. It, it, it's, it's got that coffee table vibe. You can kick off conversations. But what I like to do is extend an invitation. Um, now that that through this broadcast that we're able to highlight some of these things and have you walk us through some of these historical factors. When I hear about Heartbreak Day or Watch Night, uh, when I think about, uh, you, you mentioned something regarding- um, All right, something so, so let, me, let, let me show you this quickly. It, I'm gonna be real quick with this. I wanna show you, I wanna, I wanna show you, um, I wanna show you this on, on, the, uh, on, on the calendar. Come on. Okay. Inside this calendar, it, it's a couple of things we could talk about. <laughs> you know, like a lot of people have heard of 40 Acres and a Mule, right? Yes. I do a presentation on the history of 40 Acres and a Mule, man, what it was all about, you know, the whole thing, right? The whole thing. I'm just quickly going through it, but there's a whole history behind it. Love it. There's a page in the calendar on 40 Acres and a Mule. Now, here's one of my favorite things is reparations. I got a whole yeah. presentation on reparations. Oh, right. look, look, that's got to be our next jump off. <laughs> that 40 Acres and that, and that, and that reparations, man, <laughs> come on, man. We got yeah. to dig into these economics behind slavery, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and again, you know, one of the things I would tell you is I don't give you a subjective view of it. I will actually show you the documents to support the critical thinking of, of how, how we should look at it. So yeah, man, I'm gonna look forward to it. But first things, and, and again, man, to, to you and Candace and Larry, I just wanna thank the three of you so much for, for giving us a platform to talk about our history. And, and for those of you who are led the way behind Juneteenth, again, we recognize why you did it and you should be applauded because you're trying to bring an acknowledgement to the end of America's original Absolutely. sin. And for that, we're grateful. Absolutely. You just got the date wrong. Yeah. And, and it's, not, it's not as simple as a date. It's a date that's wrong 
because it left 225,000 of our ancestors still right. in, 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 uh, enslaved. And so we want that. All of us, Larry, Candace, uh, you, me, man, we down with Juneteenth. We just ain't down with it that it ended slavery. So, you know, if, if I go to a celebration and I ask some, you know, the, the people who putting it together, well, I'll ask that question before you go. Well, why, why, you know, what's the whole purpose behind Juneteenth? Oh man, that was the end of slavery. I ain't going. Cause that's the, you know, if you starting it, you know, if, if you putting this event on and that's the guys under which you, you celebrating it, that's a problem. Right. That's a problem. Well, it's, so, it's just, it's just wrong. <laughs> ain't no other way to put it. Ain't no other way to put it. Ain't no, you know, we can't be politically correct about it. We can't uh -huh. do nothing. And, 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 you know, is this pushing a boulder up a 90 degree incline? Yep. But guess what, fam? Our ancestors pushed that boulder up that incline. They got us to where we are today. And absolutely. the least we can do is to remember them. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and, and, and I think that that is the essence of what it should appropriately mean to be in a state of believing that Black Lives Matter is oh. that you you remember the value of, of Black life, um, and, and again I, I I lean in on that with you know no matter who's involved in the advocacy of memorializing our liberation, um, there is an applaud there. But even you yourself don't want to be forgotten no. in the fray of your contribution and and, and what you're doing. And so we can't do that. You know, it's almost as painful as it is, it's laughable to me that anybody would even want to try to sidestep this, this acknowledgement. It's almost like, man, come on, man. This look, and this is why I always say, like, I love your approach. It reminds me so much of um the greatest of us that have come out of the arts, uh, uh, from 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 some of the forerunners like the Dick Gregory's of the world, all the way down to our hip-hop icons, uh, the, the KRS ones and different people that are just have introduced, you know, Chuck D, public enemy, introducing information that has not been readily available to the culture, not just black culture, whites, natives, Asians, and anyone else that's digesting the curriculums that are circulating out there under the guise of any form of history, black or otherwise, this information is not being contextualized or taught in the least bit. I haven't seen it. And I've worked with man, hundreds of educational institutions, lecturing and otherwise. Most recently was on a committee helping to reform African-American curriculum being taught in the state of Washington. Um, so that's another platform. And I'll reach out to those brothers and sisters I work with there, because I think they would really appreciate this information. Um, several come to mind. And so maybe we we can schedule a few Zooms, man, and and do the same thing and bring it out to the people so that you know, the scholarship side of this can be kind of tackled. And, and man, I just, I appreciate you deeply, man. Um, you know, again, I know you're not one for a lot of accolades, but I have to tell you what you've represented in the culture here in Seattle. I can remember from being, being younger than I am now, your presence was always pro people. You was always about that culture and you made no bones about it. And, unapologetic, man. and those those of us young soldiers, we understood it, man. And you know, you're you're revered and you're honored for 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 those works. And moreover, to see you stepping into this space and 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 authoring the books and putting that info together, and tackling these issues, even if it appears to be the tiniest of which, and even if it antagonizes 
the best of us. That's that's what makes a truthness a truthness. And I love you for it, bro. I love you for it. And I appreciate your time and energy, man. And we're going to keep on rolling this wheel, bro. Hey, man, I ain't but a phone call away, man. And again, man, appreciate you and the entire crew. Thank all of you, man. And, and uh, let's make a difference with this, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. My brother, you have a wonderful evening. We'll be back at you soon. For all of y'all that are watching Science and Law's live show, this is what it's all about. Real life, real issues. It doesn't matter whether it's in the future, it's in the now, or it was before. It matters and we got to deal with it. And we got to deal with it with the proper ones who have the correct information, the solutions, the determination to see things through. And it's our hope that the show uplifts all of you to take a piece of this and apply it to your life in whatever way, shape or form. Nothing can get done if you don't announce a little bit of bravery outside and inside of yourself to move things forward. You can course correct. We all course correct. This is me signing off. One love, Cheyenne Salah, life, peace, God bless. I'm a kind of man that believe we can do it.